live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. He's also the co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour and the host of the George Camel Show, very popular on YouTube, both Ramsey Network Productions, and we'll be taking your calls. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Brian starts this hour in St. Louis. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks for the call. Sure, what's up? Uh, my wife and I are trying to build a house, um, and we're discussing how much we should have saved ahead of time. I would like to have a hundred thousand saved, and she wants to start now. We're at about forty thousand saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, so she isn't as concerned about the down payment as you are. Uh, she's just excited to get going. More so than concerned about the down payment, which you are. Yeah. So, Correct. what does the payment process look like for this build? When is all the money due? Uh, well, we haven't started anything yet. Um, and so I would like to save a hundred, hopefully get 200 out of our house and then maybe go 350 total and then just have 50 left to finish up when we're all done. Mm-hmm. What do you make? Which we could, what's your household income? Uh, about, a, about a hundred. Okay. So you're talking about a $350,000 build. Okay. And you got 40. How long does it take you to get to a hundred if we went your way? What was your goal? Uh, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So we're not arguing about 60. We're arguing about a year. Right. She wants to go now. You want to go in a year. Correct. Right? Okay. Um, which means that if we go her way, you end up with a $100,000 mortgage, not a $50,000 mortgage. Yes. Or a $110,000 mortgage to be precise, right? If I, am I doing all this correctly, Brian? Yes. Okay. How sure are you this home is going to cost three fifty? Uh, not sure. That's just the goal that we'd like to keep it under. Do you have a blueprint? No, we haven't started anything. Do yet. you have a builder? We have nothing. Just discussions. Do you own the land? Uh, we have family land set aside. Okay. Uh, sidebar before we, we sidebar before we keep yet. going. Family land set aside means means that there needs to be a plat that is deeded to you, and Correct. you have the right to sell it someday if you all don't want to live there anymore. Otherwise, don't yes, do this deal. Right. You don't build your house on Daddy's land or your house on a lot that Daddy gave you off his land, and he says you can never sell it. Neither one of those well, are, would, those are both deal killers. It would be purchased. Okay. And you would own it. Oh, wait a minute. What does the land, the land is part of the 350? Yes. Okay. And then you would have full rights emotionally, relationally, legally to sell it later if you want to. Yes. Okay. And I don't, I, I, I've taken that call a lot in the last 30 years. Someone that's stuck in a piece of property because everybody's going to be mad if they sell their own house. Right. Don't do that. All right. Now, all right, back to the deal. So the land is how much? Uh, 40,000. And that's included in the 350, did you say, or not? Included, yes. Okay. All right. We think, but we really have nothing to base this on except square foot, and you think you're going to build X square feet. I, I would tell you this. I'm in the middle of building a house right now. 
Um, it took us nine months from the time we decided we wanted to to get a blueprint, a builder, and a budget okay. completed. Completed. I mean, from day one, and okay. I've done it before. So I'm guessing uh, that you can start on the process now, and it's probably going to take you close to a year. Then you'll have that 100? Yeah. Or not. Okay. I mean, you know, it may take you nine months, and then you split the difference, right? But I, I think right. you can go ahead and get started, because here's what's going to happen. When you start drawing this house, and you actually start talking to builders, and you actually start getting bids, you're going to find out your numbers are wrong. Right. Or they change. And I doubt they change down. Right. You got to watch the scope creep thing here. Yeah, my fear is this thing is double what you thought it was going to be, and now we got to relook at is this the right next move, or do we just buy a place? Yeah, so that's already I, built? I, I think we got a you got bigger issues than when, when to start. Okay, you need to go. You guys, you can start today on the get looking at builders and looking at blueprints and getting it dialed in, and once all of that's done, if it's not been a year. Um, and you've got everything dialed in and you really can still do the numbers that you come up with, the real numbers, not hopeful numbers, um, then we can say, all right, I still don't want to start then. And what I would recommend back to your original argument is just split the difference. Just, you know, instead of a year or starting now, uh, let's say six months. And by then, but it, believe me, it's going to be six months at least. I don't Probably think we're gonna. starting next week on this bill. No, anyways, no so we're not. We got some time or not. What builders, th- builders aren't working as much right now, so you probably can find one that'll give you some attention. That's because good. of the rates? That's a good Just thing. Just slowed yeah. down a little bit? Well, very few specs going up. Uh, if builders that are working are doing customs. And so very few uh, home starts on specs because uh, the market's really slow with the high interest rates. Uh, prices have held firm and have gone up in most cases, in, depending on the market. But uh, the build rate, uh, new home starts are down, way down way down and specs have just about disappeared in most markets wow so which is not a bad thing it's okay except that the except there's no freaking inventory but for for brian it's a good thing because he's probably going to get some good attention yeah versus builder and builder and, sub, builder and subs are going to be available going a million miles an hour you don't want someone rushing through that home build well and you got 73 other clients instead of just you may be his prize client right now you know it's possible now on the financing side how would you suggest brian goes through with this because there's different ways when you're working with a builder to finance it well if it's fifty thousand, he probably can go over the credit union just get a loan simple if it's going to be a hundred 110 150 then he's probably looking at a formal construction loan and he'll have to get an appraisal on the plan the builder, the the general contractor, obviously license will have to be shown uh, to get the appraisal, and then that they'll do that to get, and you'll have to get uh, your approved for your permanent mortgage, and they give you a letter called a takeout letter, which it means that they will be there to take out the construction loan at completion. The permanent mortgage will. It'll convert over so, to a conventional. Yeah. And loan. you can do all of that with Churchill Mortgage, every bit of that, um, if you want to. Uh, but if you've got a little small loan, like a fifty thousand out of four hundred, or fifty out of three fifty, you know, probably just your credit union. Not worth they'll just with. make you a loan, like a personal loan, almost. Yeah, they're not going to put a lot of regulation on that. Not going to require the takeout letter. Not going to require an appraisal. Not going to usually. But uh, but if you get up there over hundred, then you're going to have a construction loan. Mm. I just rewatched the Big Short over the weekend with this whole mortgage crisis. Man, it puts things in perspective. Yeah, how wild things were back in those days. Yeah, that, to well, there was just so. The big short's all about all the fraud that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just people making up appraisals and 
Uh, we got a whole new list of appraisal regulations in as a result of what happened in that movie. Yeah. yeah, a whole different world. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. George Campbell, Ramsey Personality, is our co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thanks for being with us, America. We're here to serve you. Our joy comes when we can show you what to do, and then you actually go do it, and it causes you to win. Bing, bing. That's how that works. That's um, that's what this has been about for 30-plus years now, and it continues to be. Jody is with us in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi there. Hey, what's up? I, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this question, but I am a 50-year-old widow who has been widowed for 15 years. Um, I have helped put my children through college, and I have no retirement. So I am ready to start retirement, and I don't even know where to begin and how much to put in. Uh, there's nothing embarrassing about any of that. It sounds it sounds oh, like good. you're you make a, me feel good. Sounds <laughs> like you're a wonderful person. We just need to get on the ball, right? Yes. Yeah. So what do you make? I make about I was just sitting here figuring this out. Um I bring home about 36,000 take home a year. Mhm. Okay. So your income somewhere around in the low 40s, uh maybe 45, yeah. yeah. All right. What do you do? I am a social worker. Okay. All right. And uh, do you have any debt? I do not. Your house is paid for? Yes. Well, that's great news. That means most of your income can go toward investing. So you have zero no, saved no. right now, right? What do you have in the I bank? Have, well, here's what I have. I have my uh, emergency fund of $1,000. Mm-hmm. I have my three months. I have three months of my emerge or for my, you know, in case something happens. Um, but that's about all I have at this point. So I'm I'm on the Dave Ramsey boat. I just I'm scared. I it's to a point to where sometimes I cry because I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm. You know, mm. because I don't know. Because when my husband passed away. You know, I used like life insurance and all that kind of stuff to pay my house off. So, yeah. you know, we had a roof over our head and all that kind of stuff because my kids were seven and 10 when all of this happened. Wow. Well, and, you've yeah, had a lot of life happen. It's been hard. 
I totally yeah, understand. <laughs> We're not here to beat you up. We want to give you some good next steps to take. And uh, if you're following the baby steps now, that puts you at baby step four because you have no debt, fully funded emergency fund. And really it's step seven because you have a paid for house. And so now the kids right. are, their school's paid for. We got to put our own mask now, uh, put our own mask on. And that looks like investing for retirement as aggressively as possible. Do you have a right. retirement plan through your employer? Here's what I have, and I, I didn't know what route to go, but there's a 403B. Okay. I don't know much about that. I've kind of looked, you know. Do they have a match? No. Okay. I would not do that then. I would first do. Okay. I mean, I may do some there, but we would first do a Roth IRA. Okay. Just a plain Roth, not yep. a traditional a Roth. A Roth. So what I want you to do okay. is go to RamseySolutions.com and click on Smart Vester and get a smart investor mm-hmm. pro in your area to sit down with you and they can help you run some calculations. Okay. okay. Now, let me All give right. you an example. You bring home $3,000 a month. You do not have right. any bills except survival bills. You have no debt, no rent, no nothing. Okay. Correct. If mm-hmm. you were to save, invest $1,000 a month for 15 years, at 65, you're going to have right around a half a million dollars, right around $500,000. Really? Yeah. Okay. What this means is not that you're rich, and it's really not right. enough, but it's enough mm-hmm. to make sure you're not cold and hungry. Right. Because it will produce then, let's just get, let's just reverse engineer this, which is very interesting. Okay. Let's pretend it produced 10% a year on the mutual funds after that and that you retired and had no retirement income. And I suspect you probably have a retirement with your government agency, don't you? That they furnish you a pension? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, my husband, I get a pension off of him, but that thing. Yeah, but do you get a pension from your work when you retire? No. Okay. Um, it's just social security I pay into. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which is nothing, which is horrible, but that's okay. All right. No. So if you had a half a million at 65 mm-hmm. or 67 or whatever, and it was invested at 10%, 10% of 500,000 is 50,000 a year. Right. Without touching the nest egg, without touching the goose, it will lay 50,000 golden eggs a year. Wow. And so you'd actually be making more at retirement than you are now. So no kidding. So you're going to be okay. That's the point. You're not going to be rich, but even if I'm, if my numbers are off a little bit and they might be one way or another, actually they probably are off in this case because you probably will not be making 36,000 for the rest of your life. You'll probably be making more. And so you could invest probably more later. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I did that based on a thousand dollars in your current income. So, Mm -hmm. So I want you to sit down with a SmartVestor Pro, and we don't know how the scenarios will compare to actual life, but you can run some scenarios like I just did just to get the idea that I don't have to cry. Because if you'll start now, Jody, and you'll start investing close to $1,000 or more than $1,000 a month, you get your budget tight and you do that, you're going to be okay. Matter of fact, you're going to be better than okay. That makes me that makes me cry just being happy. Yeah. 
So I want you to sit down, yeah. but it also needs to make you get on the budget and do it. It also mean, means yeah. you to get on the phone and get on with those smart investor pros and go sit down with them and learn. And let's get this stuff started. Not next week, not next year, now. Now, okay. Right now. Because every day you put this off, it gets harder. If you put it off a right. year, it's going to take 1200 Yeah. Don't put it off anymore. You put it off as long as you can. The fuse is burning. So I want you scared enough that I scare you into action, but I don't want you terrified anymore so you're paralyzed. I got it. I'm on it. I'm doing it today. I love you. You're awesome. Call us back and let us know how it's going, okay? Okay. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sweet lady. Love that. She just needed a little motivation that she's not doing as, as bad as she thought she was, and the time to start is today. What's interesting about what we do for a living when we talk about getting out of debt or we talk about building wealth, numbers actually give you a result that gives you hope. When you run math, okay, you know, I got $100,000 in debt. I'm never going to get out. What's well, 33000 a year for three years. I mean, it's 2600 bucks a month, and you make 150000 Shut your winding up, you know? All of a sudden, the numbers give you math, give you hope, right? Yeah. The math gives you hope. In her case, it's thousand dollars a month, and for for the next fifteen years, and not missing a month, and getting started immediately, and getting good returns and good mutual funds, which probably that four hundred three b does not have. Mm. That's why I directed her away from that. You know, let's go first to the Roth IRA with more control, more options, a lot better options, a lot better mutual fund options out there. Now, I can be off, and if y'all want to argue with my numbers, that's fine. Argue with my numbers, but here's the point: get with it. You know, and, and, you know, I might be, if I'm half wrong, she's still going to have $25,000, $26,000 a month coming in, uh, or $25,000, $26,000 a year coming in uh, versus nothing, which your little plan, you critique critic people out there creates. Nothing. That's what critics create. Nothing. Well, the new one, Dave, is, well, a million dollars isn't enough anymore, Dave. That means a half million dollars is half of not enough. But it's more than you got if you be broke and crying about it. Hello. So. Yeah, we'd love for you to have multiple millions, but I mean, in this case, you could see five hundred thousand would still change your life. The way she's the only way she's going to get to over a million is she's going to raise her income substantially, mm. so she could invest twice as much. Because two thousand a month yeah. for fifteen years at twelve percent, my mutual funds have averaged twelve percent for the last thirty years. My personal portfolio, and I'm not a genius. The market has averaged 11.8% in the S&P, so by God, shut up and go do it. You know, so could you could you end up with a million dollars in 15 years? Yeah, it's two grand a month. That's it, roughly. I mean, there it is. Ding, ding. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. 
George Campbell, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So our team handed me this. This is cool, George. In March, Andrew came and did a debt-free scream with me, and uh, Dr. John Deloney was on the air. And we celebrated him paying off $303,000 in 49 months. Wow. His student loans, car debt, home improvement loan, credit card, and a house paid off his home. And then we get an email from him that he had a chance to go back to his alma mater, his high school, to one of our foundations in personal finance classes, Warshaw High School. And uh, his he, he put this quote on Facebook, 2009 WHS grad. Oh, that's what they put on there. Andrew returned to his alma mater today to chat with the senior financial planning class about his financial journey and becoming debt-free. He completed the Dave Ramsey class and paid off his debt. This class is also completing the high school version of Financial Peace University. Thanks for coming, Andrew, which is called Foundations in Personal Finance. Very cool. What a great poster child. These kids are going, oh, this, I got to watch another video. And then they're seeing this guy who was from their high school. Who, who graduated from the same, sat at the same desk they sat. Who has no payments in the world. Yeah. At a very young age. 100% debt free. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. House and everything. And go in and tell the high school seniors it can be done. That's how we do it. See, some social proof. Yeah, we've got the Foundations in Personal Finance high school curriculum that now 6 million students have been through since we started it. It's been in 48% of the high schools. It's currently in like 40% of the high schools. And more and more states are now making personal finance mandatory. I love it. And so we've been adopted by, for instance, the Texas, uh, what, whatever, the Texas State School Board or the adoption process to adopt the curriculum. Uh, and we were just adopted in uh, Florida. Oh, just, that's just right. A couple months ago. It's a big one. So Florida's got a big push, brand new push. It's Texas has had it for a while, and they've got their second push coming to get all the seniors before they graduate through our kids before they graduate at some point as a senior or junior, whatever, through a personal finance curriculum. And we have the largest, most successful one, and Florida just adopted ours as well. Now they've got other brands that they can do, but so now each of the school local school boards are selecting whether they're going to use Ramsey or whether they're going to use something else. But really excited about it and um, um, happy to be in Florida. Thanks, Florida. We appreciate you. And actually, I got to meet uh, the state senator. Uh, we were down there doing an event in Orlando. I remember that. I got you, to you meet were him. In the gre- yeah. You met him too. He was in the green room. It was incredible. And that Who's sponsored the bill this? that got passed in Florida to uh, make personal finance a mandatory a, a, it's not elected, a mandatory class for graduation at a certain date in florida high schools and that precipitates then the uh high school curriculum our, our personal finance curriculum is getting adopted and we're one of the high school approved adopted curriculums in in florida so excited about that so if you're around one of the uh florida uh, school boards or your teacher or whatever, um, and you want to push for our curriculum being in your school, we would appreciate it. And way to go, Andrew. Thanks for going back to your school. Uh, I don't know where Washaw High School is, but uh, it's not on this, but it's pretty cool that a guy does that and goes back and speaks yeah. to the class. With well, it. everyone going, they don't teach us stuff in school. I'm like, we do now. Yeah. It's we're in, in half it the is high schools. In, it is in a bunch of the states now. And uh, we're, that's obviously have been doing it a very, very long time, very successfully. We meet all the benchmarks. It's a, we've got a education, Ramsey education solutions department here that we've been running for, I don't know, almost 20 years now. And the guys and gals in that department that, that 
put this curriculum together that we use in the high schools uh, are from the education world. And so the, our stuff meets is the easiest for teachers to operate because it's it, the lesson plans are done, the testing is done right. It's all built out to where it's, it's as low lift as possible. It's former teachers going, I wish this is how it was created. I wish everything was created this way because our guys are putting it, and it meets all the educational benchmarks and legalities and so forth that we have to meet in order to be in a, a public school system. And so we do every bit of that. And, uh, man, we're just thrilled, thrilled so many people are getting able to do this. And this is cool that Andrew Andrew did that. That's a lot of fun. Isaac is with us. Isaac is in Huntsville, Alabama. Hi, Isaac. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thanks for having me. How are y'all? Better than we deserve. What's up? So my wife and I are fixing to be going through our first divorce. And um, she's going to keep the house that we currently have. And thanks to a wonderful support system, I'm going to be able to move back in with my parents while I get back on my feet. And at this point, I'm just wondering, you know, kind of what's next? How do I start over from here? What should be the correct step I take? I'm so sorry. I am 32 years old. How long were y'all married? Uh, about five years or so, maybe. Mm-hmm. You have children? Uh, a five-year-old son, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Huh. What do you make? You. Um, $33 an hour, about $4,000 take home a month. Okay. Um, well, to answer your question... You know, you're you're just going to start laying out a game plan to build enough financial life that you move into the, into this next chapter, right? I mean, first goal would be to get on your feet enough that you had a little bit of money saved and you go get an apartment, right? Right. I mean, this uh, obviously your parents are providing a uh, a safety net, not a hammock. Correct. And so you're just passing through, and uh, that's, like you said, that's a wonderful thing, and I'm not uh, upset about that at all, but. I would give myself a number of months, like three or six months or something, and say, by then I'm going to have enough saved to have deposits and get an apartment, get my own place, get some furniture, you know, get get restarted in terms of like almost as if you were moving out after high school or college, right? Right. And um, and then you, you know, once you've kind of got a, a standard of living set and a place to live, then you start doing the baby steps and you make sure you're at, you get out of debt and you build an emergency fund and, you know, you start investing and, you know, you're going to figure out that there's another chapter to this life after 32 years old. Right. Right. Yeah. So this setback is going to be a comma, not a coma. So keep that in your mind. This is temporary. You're going to have a whole other life on the other side of this thing. This doesn't define you, but it will refine you. And so now's the time to make, some choices that will set us up for the next 10 years. So do you know, as the dust settles, what the financial picture looks like as far as child support, alimony, the house? Debt. So I'll be taking the car that she's currently driving, and she's going to take the car that I'm currently driving because it's paid off. And the car that I will be getting is not, I owe somewhere around 21000 on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we've worked everything out between us, you know, everything's very amicable. So we're, it's going to be uncontested. So the way we have it worked out, no child support, no alimony or anything. It's all going to be, you know, we both put in 
everything we can for him. And she's keeping the house, and there's no, you're not getting any money out of this, out of the house deal? Correct. Okay. okay. I, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm certainly not a lawyer in Huntsville, Alabama. I don't think a judge is going to approve a divorce decree that does not in child, include child support. Okay. Uh, you probably need some legal advice, not to create a stink, but I think you're going to be under the law in most states required to do something for the kid uh, from a legal perspective. I know you were going to from a moral perspective, but um, but I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, so you need to check that out because I, I, I had fireworks go off in my head. But it can't okay. just be handshake agreements. I don't. I don't think it can be. I, I you, you check me out. I could be wrong. Okay, so um. The house, what's the payment on the house? Uh, 550 a month. What does she make? Uh, bring home is about 2000 a month. Okay. She's going to struggle with that. And your name's, yeah, still, that and your name's still on the mortgage. And if you try to have a new Correct. life five years from now and she hasn't paid the bills on time, then your credit is going to have been damaged. I'm not sure this is a great plan, brother. I know it sounds like it's all nice. It's all nice until it's not. And then when she gets in trouble, loses her job, you're going to end up paying a house payment for somebody you ain't married to anymore because you're still on the mortgage. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Johnny is with us in Irvine, California. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Great. Well, I'm calling to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. I'm 22 years old. I fully support myself. I take home about $5,000 per month. I have zero debt. I have $60,000 in savings, a $3,000 emergency fund. And I've been listening for the past year or so, and some of my friends and mentors are into long-term real estate investing. So I've been saving toward that for the past couple of years. Ideally, I'd like to start building some long-term wealth, and so I just wanted to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. Wow. You are beyond beyond ahead of the game. Well done. Very well done. Thank you. Well, I um, probably have a different view on real estate investing than your mentors. Sure. And I probably own more than they do, <laughs> given that I own about $600 million worth, okay? Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, the... Uh, uh, I, I do not believe in borrowing money, Johnny, because you, and you've heard that listening to the show and I don't for my real estate investing, I pay cash for it. And so the first real estate investing I did, and I've always loved real estate, um, that I did after going broke and starting completely over 
and with this new I don't borrow money thing uh, as a part of the guidelines uh, was I didn't do real estate investing at first. I just started piling money in mutual funds. And when I got enough in, in, an, in, in an index fund is what I used, an S&P 500 index fund, when I, it took me about five years to buy my first income-producing property. I paid cash for it. And then I took all of those rents, net of expenses, and any other money I could, and I threw it in an index fund until I had enough to buy another property. And then I took all the rents from the two properties and any money I could scrape together from anywhere else, book royalties or whatever else, and I bought another property for cash. And every time I bought another property for cash, I had more cash flow to buy another property faster than I did the one before. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. That is a very long-term play versus what you have been considering until this phone call. Sure. Because you're thinking about getting up a down payment and going buying a nice little duplex in California. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm telling you to wait and pay cash for it, which your friends aren't going to like. And I don't really care. They're wrong. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But you called knowing you were going to get a different take, which tells me you're actually interested in this take. I am. Yeah. I've I've, I've just been curious what to do because I feel like I've I've been saving decently and I'd like to continue that. Um, But, you know, once you get a certain amount of money, I feel like it burns a little bit of a hole in your pocket. You're you're ready to jump into it. Yeah. And you've done really well, Johnny. I mean, let's face it. You're 22 years old. You have 60,000 bucks in the, in the bank and no debt at all. And you're making 5k a month. You're killing it. Ding, ding. Very impressive. And it doesn't sound like you lead a, a super luxurious lifestyle. You're a saver. I, I try to be, for sure. There's, yeah. there's a balance. So the key so is to what, keep living on less than you make. What would be interesting, if you want to be really nerdy, I don't know how nerdy you are, I'm real nerdy, Is and I've done this a couple of times, it's, and it, it, always, it always works, that's why I'm putting you up to it, is if you say, all right, when I'm 42, would I rather own $10 million worth of real estate with $8 million worth of debt, or would I rather own $3 million worth of paid-for real estate? Yeah, I think the clear answer is the three million. Yeah, and then here's what's inter- here's the here's the exercise: run mm-hmm. out the the purchase snowball, which is not a debt snowball, but the, the way I talked about a while ago: rents buy more, buy more, buy more, buy more. Everything's folded back into the next deal, and the slower start ends up with a faster end. The sl- faster start ends up with a slower end. My way is slower start, but has a big time payoff at the end because it hockey sticks from an exponential mathematical equation perspective. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, definitely it does. Because when you get all this property that's sitting there paid for, you are buying more property faster than you would have if you had a whole bunch of property that's not even close to paid for and it's not cash flowing nearly as generously. So the sure, math says I can buy I can buy more property faster now. It's ridiculous what my real estate fund now looks like from my real estate income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, because <laughs> I'm at the back of the story, right? So, mm-hmm. but I can't get people to to think long term. And I might have just got one 22-year-old to do it, though. I'm impressed. He sounded interested. Yeah. We if we can just get off TikTok, we'll get there. <laughs> For real. Jake is in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Jake. How are you? Hey, guys. It's an honor to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. How can we help, sir? 
Yeah, so I'm 35 years old, have no debt, and am about to step into Baby Step 6. And my question is, uh, you talk about uh, Baby Step 7, living and giving like no one else. I have no problem with the, the giving aspect of things. The part that is a little tricky for me to wrap my mind around is the living like no one else because uh, I am a pastor. And so to be stepping into Baby Step 7, hopefully here in the next five or six years, I'm trying to imagine life in my 40s, living like no one else while being a pastor and, and living in the community of people who, uh, who pay for, <laughs> who have paid for my uh, financial success, you could say. I don't, I don't know how else you, you would put it, but how, how should I think through that as I look forward to the next five or 10 years? Yeah. Well, um, don't muzzle the ox as he treads out the grain. You probably read that scripture, right? Yeah. And a worker is worthy of his hire. You probably read that scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So are you a good pastor and you're worth what they pay you? I, I sure hope so. Okay. <laughs> then if you use that money wisely, in Christianity we would call that good stewardship, wouldn't we? Mm. Yeah. And I think you're modeling for those people what good steward, what the results of good stewardship are that it ends up with wealth. Mm-hmm. But we're taught by the by Karl Marx, not by Jesus, that wealth is evil. Mm-hmm. Wealth is not evil. People are evil. Particularly some of them in your church. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but but uh not much. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> But yeah, but, but uh, so you're always going to have a hater, whether you win or you lose, if you do it at scale, Mm, Yeah. if you lose, you aren't a good steward and you're horrible and you worked your whole life and you have nothing to show for it. And we call that being a good steward. That's not a good steward. That means you did a bad job handling your money. Mm. So you're supposed to model for your congregation, how to, how to be a good husband, how to be a good dad, right? Right. How to be a great leader. We're supposed to model in Christianity. It's called a witness. We call, and yet when it, my, my friend Craig Rochelle says, why is it that wealth is the only blessing from God we're supposed to apologize for? Mm-hmm. And I've got several friends that are pastors that are uh, a decade and a half ahead of you, and they're facing the exact same thing because they have systematically, carefully invested in, uh, in their 401ks and in their Roth IRAs and in their retirement programs, and some of them have bought real estate carefully and they, they don't have jet airplanes. They're not on TV. You know, that it's none of that junk. They're just good guys as a pastor and they've been careful with their income. And most of them are millionaires because they did the stuff I teach. But now mm. there's always some duper. This is well, a pastor should never be a millionaire. Yeah, that's what I want. I want my pastor to be broke and stupid. No, I don't either. I want my, pa- I don't want, I want, you know, pastor should never Listen, I want my pastor, I want his marriage to be something I can look up to. I want his kids to be something I can look up to. I want the way he handles money to be something I can look up to. Because obviously the book he is reading has having an effect on his life, and I want to know more about what that book called the Bible says then. But not if you're out, you know, so. But you're always going to be criticized, Jake. Whether it's about your message or the car you drive. There's going to be someone out there. And, you know, you have to get... If you're a Christian, you have to drive a used Accord, because that's what Jesus said. They were all in one Accord. (laughs) Oh, that one still gets me. This is The Ramsey Show.
Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. He is the host of the new, extremely popular YouTube channel, the George Camel with a K YouTube channel. you got to check it out. He's also the co-host of the very popular podcast and YouTube show, uh, Smart Money Happy Hour with Rachel Cruz. Uh, and so both are happening Right now, and you can check them all out. Open phones here, 888 Michael's in Washington, D.C. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, Dave, doing great. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. What's up? Uh, so about a month ago, my son had an asthma attack and um, ended up getting airlifted out uh, by helicopter. And oh. we're trying to figure out if he, he's doing fine now, but we're trying to figure out if we uh, stop paying on the car. We were going to have paid off in September or uh, put money into a savings account to kind of prepare for the bills that we're that we know are coming. They're starting to trickle in, but we don't know the exact total yet. Uh, Life flight covered by your health insurance? It, it the, the it's still pending, but they think it's going to be. Yeah, there's no reason it shouldn't be covered. Well, sometimes it doesn't. And when the bird yeah, flies, when the bird flies, it's ten grand minimum. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're kind of waiting on. We have an out-of-pocket maximum on the health plan um, at 8500 So I talked to the insurance company. They they think it's going to be covered, but we don't know until we get the actual explanation of benefits in. So what's the worst case on this? Is your out-of-pocket 80, max? It should be, yeah, it should be 8500 And how much money do you guys have right now in savings? Uh, about eleven. Okay, so this thing's covered completely either way. But you got the car to pay off. What's left on the car? Fifteen. And that's all of the debt? Yep. Okay. So we're going to throw the 11 at the car, or, you know, some of that, most of that uh, at the car very soon. That's what we're going to pay it off in September. But now with this. Yeah, I I think you're going to cover the 8,500. I mean, you got a bill you know is coming. And so we're just going to earmark your savings, 8,500. And then we're just going to attack the car with cash flow. And as long as as long as it doesn't come in over eighty five hundred, then that'll be a perfect plan, right? Yeah, yeah. It would just delay the car a little bit, but that's that's like yeah. But that's, that's you know, uh, it's, unexpected. Yeah, if you had to make that choice, you'd make it because and you did to take care of your child, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, was he out? Was he remote or something and couldn't get his breath? What was the story? Yeah, he, he. We just kind of found out that he had some asthma issues recently within the last like probably four or five months, and then he had he got a cold and. It turned into a pretty severe asthma attack, and we took him to the local hospital, and they um, transferred him to the children's hospital pretty quickly by a helicopter. So oh, okay. um, okay. it all happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. Scary. Okay. Well, it's, yeah. it's good that it's good that he's okay. How old is he? He's five. Uh huh. That's super scary. Yep. Then. It was so. very scary. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad he's okay. Just, uh, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. I'm glad it's only that you got good health insurance in place. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was not an ER thing. This was not where you were in a remote setting and they had to fly a life flight to you. This was hospital to hospital transfer. So that may fall in the insurance differently in, in a good way. Um, so, okay. yeah. uh, cause I've, I've, I've run into over the years too many times that health insurance did not cover life flight flying to a rural situation to pick someone up and then flying them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 50 miles out of town or something like that, where you can't get an ambulance to them. Right. 
that kind of thing right. is a different different thing. But I'm so glad everything's okay. What's your household income? Uh, hundred and thirty thousand. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you just it just it, you know it's just a a bump. It was a speed bump, a bump in the road that delays everything, and uh, and it's one you didn't choose, but uh, but we're glad the baby's okay. And yeah, you just just play it through. Yeah, take, set eighty five hundred aside out of the savings, and then attack the car as fast as you can after that, and just be thankful that you're able to do all of it. You know? Wow. Yeah, it'll be debt free either way in a few months. So yeah, there's nothing. Um, it's one thing to get sick; it's another thing for your kid to be sick. You just it, uh, it you feel so uh, helpless. I would say even worse, grandkids sick because you're not even allowed to 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 raise hell. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, the, the, you have to have the parents raise hell. I mean, you, where's the nurse? You know, you can't do that, right? You, you just have to stand back and because of dad, you know, you can't do that. So yeah, you got to stay. Papa, be quiet. That's you know. called boundaries, apparently. That might have happened. You know, it might have happened. So is that Rachel? I can't tell whose uh, voice I, that was. I, I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to. Because they were right and I was wrong. So we're not going to throw anybody on the bus but Dave. Yeah. So but, smart man. Yeah. It's just this. It's But it's, man, it takes, it, it, no, health stuff. I was going to say it takes your breath away. You cannot say that. This kid had asthma. So, but um, but yeah, this is uh, but yeah, it you can't um, and it, it you're just, known for those over thirty um, years. Yes, Dave. I've done this repeatedly. <laughs> Anthony is with us in uh, New Jersey. Hey, Anthony, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. How can we help? All right. So I had a situation. Was looking to get some advice. Um, basically, when I was eighteen or nineteen years old, I'm twenty two right now. Um, I had an online business and I was able to accumulate a good amount of capital. Uh, and with the help of my parents, I invested in two real estate uh, ventures. I got a, a little house that I rent out and then I got a shopping strip. Um, the, ho- the house pays about $3,000 a month and the shopping strip pays about $10,000 a month. Um, so you're 22, you have a $13,000 a month rental income. Yeah. Good God, how much money did you make with your online business? Uh, about, I would say about two to three million. Wow. So impressive and bizarre. Yeah, so, wait, say it again. Sorry. Impressive and bizarre and wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so my, my situation comes where next year, um, the mortgage I got, uh, it was about. It was you got about two to three million dollars and you took out a mortgage? No, no, no. So, so right now, um, it, we paid, we paid about eight fifty for it. Uh, I put 400 down and then the rest, we did a private mortgage. Where's the rest um, of your money? Oh, hold on. I'm going to get to that. Okay. So, All right. so, um, like I said, we paid 400 for it. Um, down. and then we put the, yeah, it was down and then we put the rest in the mortgage mm-hmm. and the mortgage will be paid off next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, like I said, the thirteen thousand will be completely, you know, no payments, no debt, no nothing, because the house I mentioned we paid full in cash. Okay. Now, when I, when I was talking about the two to three million, I was just taking into account like all my assets because from two thousand nineteen when we bought the property to now, it's gone up that much. Just looking at no, but your uh, online other, business. How much did your online business make? Okay, online business. It was it was about like eight hundred thousand to a million. Okay, and you use four hundred for the down payment here, and you use some for the other. Where's the yeah. rest of that money? Taxes. I have, I have, I have a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Okay. I have about, I have about fifty thousand dollars in stocks. Okay. And what, yeah. what's your question then? What are you wanting to do? So my question would be, since I'm very young, um, 
you know, I'm very grateful for the, you know, guaranteed monthly income. But I was wondering if it would be a good idea to maybe, you know, once the private mortgage is paid off, to take out another mortgage on it no, now no, and no, try to do something else. No, no. You've got good money. You have a brain, an unusually good brain. Use it and keep your keep your properties paid for and let that be your base of operation. Do not take out another debt. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you are here. We're constantly asking you guys, and a bunch of you have, we appreciate you, to leave a five-star review on the show. It helps with the algorithms. And uh, also, of course, we invite you to... um, yeah, share the show. Click the share button or share a link or tell people where you listen to it on the radio or whatever it is. And it's always a good idea, too, to follow the show. Click the follow or the subscribe on YouTube or on the podcast. All three of those help us a bunch. And uh, we got a five-star review in. We've gotten a bunch of them in, but this one caught our team's attention. I must admit, being left-leaning from the West Coast my entire life, listening to The Ramsey Show came as quite the culture shock. it was it was hard for me to not immediately associate the tone of the show with a laundry list of cultural values i've been conditioned to avoid i kept listening anyway because i love dave straight talk it was super refreshing and after a while it was obvious he's in fact in fact a really kind brilliant person that just wants to instill some fiscal common sense back into our society what i love most is how he talks about the importance of stewardship and how it's not just about the money it's about how your money can help the world amazing stuff uh jumping past some of the personal story then listening to these episodes makes me acknowledge that i just need to be accountable for my poor decisions and stop feeling helpless i can get myself out of this situation and it shouldn't even be that hard i just have to make some common sense tough choices and go without for the next few years hi my name is eileen and i am irresponsible with money (laughs) i'm ready to put the work in and be accountable for my own actions and i will win at this game of life passing these values down to my young kids thank you to the bottom of my heart for dave and the entire team for achieving what my parents have failed to do my whole life getting me to be fiscally responsible wow that's very nice thank you thank you yes very kind. I love that. We appreciate You're bringing it. both sides of the aisle together, Dave. Yeah, that's Look me. That. I'm, I'm all about unity. That's me. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm honored. I'm very honored. Very nice. I'm glad we are honored. It's the whole the whole team here. It's a team effort. Open phones at 888-825-5225. DJ is with us in Baltimore. Hey, DJ, what's up? 
Hey, hey guys. Um, so I wanted to see if you had some suggestions on how to approach a, a situation um, that my husband and I are trying to tackle. So um, I'm about two years away from going to veterinary medical school, and I also was diagnosed with an illness last year um, that kind of limits me quite a bit, and it also means that I have to renovate our home um, in order to make it work for my condition. So we're trying to figure out what's the best way to approach paying for those two very high-cost things without putting ourselves into a bind um, when we're not currently in one. Mm, So sorry. What's the nature of your illness? Uh, So I am highly susceptible to bacterias and molds to the point where it causes my body to go into paralysis. So, um, Why does that sound extremely incongruent to vet school to me? (laughs) <laughs> because it, it can be. So I there's one option for vet school. It's a brand new school being built um, in New Jersey that would be preferable for me to be in during But I can't think school. of anything that has more bacteria and mold than animals. Um, animals actually, they, outside molds, um, it's not the same as the type of molds that would grow like in your home due to water damage. So mm. they're two different kinds. Okay. Um, right. So it's basically issues with water damaged buildings. I got you. Okay. So you've got uh, a, a, a mold problem in your current home? Yes. So, and we didn't know about that. Um, we bought our home uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. and it was how about expensive, how, how expensive to eradicate it to be ready to sell? <laughs> it would cost like about mm, $500,000. No. no. $500,000 for mold remediation? Yes. No. Yeah. So, not, not to make you healthy, to be ready to sell. To sell it, I, yeah. I mean, you can't. As far as I it understand, it doesn't take five hundred thousand dollars to remediate mold in anything, except an office tower. No, but if I it's just did it. I just did it at my lake house. I spent three grand. Yeah, that's definitely not the bids that we were quoted for sure. Yeah. I don't know. What's I mean, this is, is the whole house eaten up with mold? Yeah, so basically any of the water-sourced areas, so all of the bathrooms, the kitchen, and the basement. You need to get three more bids. Because let me just tell you, the mold world is full of drama queens. Not you. I'm talking about the the contractors that do eradication. And they'll come in and go, you're all going to die! They do this, and it's part of their sales pitch. You got it completely. You got to start from scratch. I I got like five bids on the lake house, and they were everything from three, from... uh, $1,000, $1,000, which wasn't credible, up to 35000 And it was, yeah, it was there, in this case, like it was only mold under the crawl space. Like Do what now? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, like, the bids are upwards between 40 and 60 per area that we're looking at in our home to remediate yeah. and then to renovate them. Yeah. I wouldn't stay there if I had your condition. Gotta, you know? I, I, love, I love you, and as your brother, I'm telling you to move. You shouldn't stay there. If you have a condition that paralyzes you, there, this house has got real mold problems. 
And so I don't I don't know if we I don't know if we're going to, have to burn it down or if we're going to sell it as is to some investor who remediates it or we find a better remediation thing. But I don't think this house is renovated for you. You need to move. Yeah, I don't know where I'd move to. Can you guys go rent somewhere for now while you deal I mean, with the th- selling of the th- home? This creates paralysis for you. You said. Yeah. Yeah, it it's, scares me to death. I know it's it's really frustrating because. Each, I mean, especially this region that I live in, like the Baltimore, D.C. area, you know, it's quite wet, quite humid. Um, so I, I really don't know where we would go. And But you also, you know, you're going to go to vet school in New Jersey. So it sounds like you need to move to New Jersey if you're going to do that. So it's the it's a part of New Jersey that's closer to where we live. So it's commutable for me. Yeah. So you're, you've established here, if you're going to go to this vet school, you're going to stay in the area. Yeah. It's okay. And, you're, and every house in Baltimore does not have mold. You know that, right? I would hope not. But oh, come I just, on, DJ. I, <laughs> I would hope not. Come on. But it's mainly, I, you know, we love, we love our home. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying, but we yeah. do love our home and wouldn't want to move if we didn't have to because we just, you have, you, have to, you have to move. Long ago. You have to move. You are not going to spend a half million dollars Your to stay in this home. Your health is at stake. And this place is is apparently rotting down with mold. I mean, you can't stay there. And there are other houses in the Baltimore area that don't have mold. We live in cold, we live in uh, hot damp Tennessee, which is worse than cold damp Baltimore for for mold. It's like mold is a way of life in our area. It's everywhere, and and it's not everywhere. It's not in every house. My current home does not have mold. My lake house got some underneath, and it was three thousand bucks to eradicate it. So I mean, it's uh, yeah. You, but you've got to get, you, and I've got a bunch of rental houses, and we've had a couple of those we had to do some work on. But I've never had one that was completely rotted down with mold. That is not so. But and I have had some contractors and some tenants that thought that it was because the drama around this is n- n- it's never ending. And I'm not suggesting you have the drama, DJ. If you've got an illness that is mold and you have a, an extreme mold situation in your house and that is in conflict with your health and in conflict with your ability to go to uh, uh, to vet school, sell the house for what you can get for it and go rent something and go to vet school and have your health. It's a real simple program. I would not be in the mold renovation business if I had a, an extreme illness related to mold. It's the last thing you want to do. Because the more they tear into it, the more it stirs it up. You can't live there while you're doing it anyway. If it's a massive thing, we fog it. You got to leave. You got to do all this stuff. And so, uh, yeah, you, Might. you can't have too many things conflicting for one goal. We have three goals: health, housing, and vet school. What takes priority? Health. What's next? Vet school. What's next? Stupid house. This is the Ramsey Show. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Sarah is with us. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Good to Hi, have George. you. Where do you live? I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to Nashville. Thank and how you. much debt have you paid off? $26,750. Love it. How long did this take you? Eight and a half months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? I started with 42 and then I ended with 50. Good for you. What do you do for a living? I was in investing communications, and now I'm in digital marketing. Good for you. Very good. What kind of debt was your twenty-seven thousand? It was in a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I, it was a lot of money and I totally regretted it when I got into that debt. <laughs> so did you sell it or did you pay it off? I ended up paying it off. Okay, and kept it. Mm-hmm. All right, good for you. Fun. What kind of car? It is a Toyota RAV4 2015. Ah, of course it is. Okay, <laughs> good. Very good. Cool. So how'd you get connected to all this Ramsey stuff? I actually am a Ramsey baby. My mom and dad followed your plan. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't take their advice at first. I mm-hmm. wish I did. Um, but they you know, failed as parents. <laughs> <laughs> but they did get me on the right track. <laughs> no, they didn't. They told You knew what to do. You yeah. knew they weren't going to like what you did. Oh, yeah. They were not too happy about it. <laughs> what was that conversation like? <laughs> um, you Dad, know, I just took out a $27,000 car payment. He goes, oh, yeah, they told me I should get a beater until... I can, you know, really pay cash for it, but you know, I didn't listen <laughs> and you know, they helped give me advice to dig me out of the hole I was in. Yeah. And no money, just right. advice. <laughs> yeah. They didn't give you any money. No money. No. Good for them. <laughs> I like it. These are great parents. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Very cool. How old are you? I'm 20, I'm turning 26 in June. Okay. Did you learn your lesson? I did. Never a car payment again. Never again. <laughs> You're going to be a millionaire. Exactly. If you stay away from car payments, you'll be a millionaire. I will. <laughs> what was your car payment? Um, it was... It started off around 600 and then, oh. yeah, so then I ended up putting my savings down on it, kind of followed the plan of the book, and then I brought it down to 300, around 300. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a significant portion of your take-home pay at that point. Yes, it was really bad. And that's when you went, this is, I, I did dumb. Let's undo this. Yeah. Um, I did have a good bit saved up because, you know, my parents really instilled in me that I need to save, save, save. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated college debt-free thanks Mm -hmm. to them following your plan Mm -hmm. um and then so luckily i had some savings to put down on it to really drop the payments how much did you have in savings Twenty-three thousand. wow okay Mm -hmm. all right very good that's so eight and a half months later we're done yeah yeah that's very good so you actually had enough cash to pay for a decent car i did you had the savings muscle there i know but you went i'm gonna finance you just got the fever i know i I talked to too many friends and i was like yeah you kind of got a great car for 20 grand in cash i know well it was also when the cars were really overvalued too Mm. so it was really Uh, a bad time for me worst time ever yeah (laughs) what did you what what were you driving at the time uh a 2012 chevy cruise okay yeah and it just blew up on me one day oh and then you went to drama mode and said, I need a new car today. Yeah. I got to finance a $30,000 car. <laughs> yeah. I made some bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Awesome. We're, we're giving you a hard time, but everybody's done a whole lot dumber things than you've done. Yeah. Uh, the good news is you did it at a very young age and you learn your lesson. You never go back and you have parents who didn't bail you out. No helicopter blades in the background here. Right. No one, no one, you know, you let you lay in your mess and clean it up. And you did. You, Became like a full-grown woman and did your stuff. Way to go. How old are you again? I'm 25, turning yeah, 26. You're smart. Way to go. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Very well done. How's it feel to be free? It feels amazing. I actually had to get a new tire the other day, and I wasn't freaking out because I had money to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, like one car payment will buy tires. Yeah. Right? Yeah, one of the old car payments anyway. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, now that you've gotten out of debt, uh, you've got a 24-year-old listening that all of these uh, 23 year old listening, 24, mm-hmm. uh, that, that their stupid friends are telling them to go buy a car on car payments. What When they got the money and savings to buy a fifteen or $20,000 car, what would you tell that person that was you back then? I would say, do not go into debt Why? over a depreciating Why? asset. Why? Why? <laughs> because it's a waste of money. Okay. Yeah. It'll drain your bank account. <laughs> and it stole your peace. Yeah. Exactly. It took, it, 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 it what little bit of fun it was 
was all taken away by the weight, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It was, yeah. You know, the weight, the heaviness, that weight, not the not having to wait patiently in line, but the heaviness of it. Yeah, right. uh, way to go! Wow, very good. And the secret to getting out of debt is what? Um, a lot of side jobs. I found a lot of side jobs doing like walking dogs, pet sitting, house sitting. Um, I did some freelance work in additional to my full time. Um, sticking to a budget and paying cash. Wow. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. Is now ma- now mom and dad are hard? smiling. Now they're smiling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now, now it's gone. It's all going good now. Well, this most people good. listening are going, gosh, I wish I figured this stuff out when I was 25. And you're feeling like, I wasted all this time. And there's no, you got so much yeah. time left to make good decisions that will far displace. There's a 37-year-old listen that we've still not, listening that we've still not convinced. <laughs> they're so, not convinced. Yeah. They're about to go get a new yeah, car. They're going to be 42 before they catch on. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Good job. Yeah. Very good job. Very good job. Hey, we've got a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaire's book for you because that's your future. That's where you're headed. I promise you, you are. $600 a month. You know how fast you'll be a millionaire? Real mm-hmm. fast. Just investing that. It's serious money. And a uh, total money makeover book as well. Hand that out to one of your friends and go, don't do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the same stuff your parents did. But, yeah, that's okay. So it's smart, very smart. And a Financial Peace University membership. Have you been through the class as an adult yet? I have not. Good. Ooh. Could take it and go through it. Okay, well. Go through the nine lessons and uh, because it'll help you accelerate your process into millionaire now. Because you got the basic debt stuff figured out and the budgeting and the hard work and the extra jobs part. So now we just blow through, make sure you get the emergency fund in place and, and let's let's get that compound interest working for you. At 25 years old, you could be worth 10 or $15 million at retirement. You really could. It's very, very doable. <laughs> Uh, I mean, because you got the right start. You got you got this in the you know, financial peace, baby. You got everything going. Forty for years you. of investing in compound interest. Yeah, it's so, very so much the possible. two the two books and the financial peace university membership is the live and give bundle. That is, uh, people buy it all the time. It's a box that comes, and you can take a book out for yourself, give a book to a friend, take financial peace, or give it to a friend. So it's live and give. It's for both things, and so we'll give it all to you. Thanks for making the trip over from Raleigh. You're inspiring. You're a wonderful young woman. Thank you for having me. I'm Very so well blessed. done. And your mom and dad are over there grinning like they know you're not going to move in your their basement. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's amazing. So very cool. Very cool stuff. Good stuff. All right, it's Sarah from Raleigh, North Carolina. She paid off the car she shouldn't have bought, and she learned a lesson in the process. 27000 paid off in eight and a half months, including using some of her savings and walking dogs. Forty-two dollars to $50,000 income. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. I'm debt-free! Yeah! <laughs> We love to see it. I'm, I think we need to do an informal survey on how many RAV4s. It's just something about a RAV4, right? That's come up a lot lately. A lot of calls I've taken. A it's lot a of, very popular vehicle. For young, broke people. Yes. And it's one they go, well, it's worth it. It's a safe, reliable, great car. I'll have a long time. I'll finance mm, it. You know. That's the theory. The center of gravity on that thing is really high. I watched one do a flip. Oh, okay? really? So That's a scary. forward flip. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not against RAV4s. It's just, I just am seeing them. Well, your truck will eat a RAV4. I know, so you, but. you like, you want to be know, in a monster truck. But I don't, yeah, but that's, that's, that's not the point. It's, um. It would it would also eat your Tesla, but it would spit it back out. Ouch. So <laughs> It can't handle the battery, Dave. It can't eat that thing. No, gag right on the battery. Just, <laughs> that battery will last forever in a get landfill a little, get somewhere. Get a little battery acid in your throat. 
But it's true. People, we justify car purchases all the time, especially the younger you oh, are. Oh, we all do. We all do. You even go, the I old, deserve. Even old people do it. Yeah. It's safe. It's reliable. I do, I work hard. Yeah. I don't want to drive the beater around. But listen, freedom on the other side of that. I, let me just help you. $15,000 is not a beater. That's not. 1500 is a beater. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. But she's, she's, she's great. She's amazing. She's going to do so good. Big things for sure. I hope she inspired a lot of other people out there to go. She inspired I'm going to be like her. She I don't want a car me. payment. That's right. She just, I mean, people who will stand up and look in the mirror and go, done. That's inspiring. That's inspiring. This is The Ramsey Show. Here's the thing about investing advice. You can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option. Check in with a smart investor pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a smart investor pro in your area, go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Ramsey Solutions is a paid, non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. George Campbell Ramsey personality is my co-host. Okay, let's clear something up. If you listen to the show for 10 seconds, you know we hate debt. And some people, for some reason, don't understand that. I don't know why. They think you need debt and credit cards to build your credit. Yeah, well, you do. Why would you want to build your credit? So you can go into debt. And, and why would you go into debt? So you could build your credit. And then why would you go into debt? So you could build your credit. Why would you build your credit? So you could go into debt. Because you need a good credit score to buy a house, right? No, you do not. The truth is living a debt-free lifestyle. Eventually, you won't have any credit score. And you got to find a good lender like Churchill Mortgage. It can do what's called manual underwriting. George and Whitney did that for their home. And uh, they have we zero, survived zero the credit tale. score. And you got a... Uh, the same rate as someone with a good credit score when you did it, so you don't have to pay more. And you need to get a real estate agent who will actually help you find a house that you can afford on a 15-year fixed rate with a good, strong down payment and a payment of no more than a fourth of your take-home pay. All of that can happen at Ramsey Trusted. Yeah, we'll hook you up with a good real estate agent that knows what they're doing, high-octane, high-protein, that gets it done. I meet them all over this nation when I'm traveling. We were just in Salt Lake City. We talked to a bunch of them. Uh, good quality people. I'm always, I'm always in, inspired by the fact that the our team has done a good job to put the quality of person they put in our ELP program. So, you want to find out who's Ramsey trusted to help you with your real estate transaction? Click on that at RamseySolutions.com/agent. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When you're trying to get things done around your house, sometimes you need to run into a problem or a project that's more than you can handle yourself. Neighborly.com is your source for the best pros in your area to help with home improvement projects great company neighborly today's question comes from zach in alabama he asks i'm reading more and more about de-dollarization and countries moving away from the u.s dollar as their basis of international trade will this affect the strength of the dollar and should i be concerned about how i'm saving and investing as a result of this number one zach you're spending too much time on the internet first and foremost okay because you've gotten into the conspiracy theory blanks here. Now, what is really going on? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with how it's going. Let me see. Uh, uh, moving away from the U.S. dollar as their basis of international trade. Let me just tell you. China and Brazil and Russia are the three main players in this. They already don't use the U.S. dollar 
as their basis of international trade. Russia has its own currency. So does China and so does Brazil. And there's a conversion rate between that currency and the U.S. dollar. So many dollars equals so many yen. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you go to Mexico, a whole bunch of pesos equals a dollar, right? Like 20 of them. So, um, that's, you know, you've got a conversion rate from one currency to another. What these particular, th- the three largest countries, and they're talking about bringing in some of the oil countries in, as well in the Middle East, uh, are doing is they're trying to come up with one currency that they all use, and then that would be an international trade converted back and forth to dollars, much like Europe did with the euro, which, by the way, kind of didn't work. When the, the, we had this exact same crap when Europe... When, when uh, you know, France did away with their own currency, the uh, Brexit was the big deal, whether the U.K. was going to get involved or not, and the euro was traded all over Europe, and they did away with their basic currency, and now the U.S. is just going to have, we're going to, it's a one-world currency. It's the end times of revelation, and this is what comes up, right? Okay, but all it is is these countries, if they did all agree to use one currency, it'd be much like when Europe went to the euro, and then that's going to exchange for the dollar back and forth. Are those countries going to be able to devalue the dollar by doing that? No. Because while they do take up a lot of land mass, they do not take up a lot of the gross domestic product of the world. The United States still is the vast majority of the gross domestic product of the world. Still. China is big, Russia is basically horrible, and Brazil is in a failed economy like times 10, and is tiny as far as economics go. In other words, like, I, I suspect, I haven't looked it up, but I suspect Texas has a higher GDP mm. than Brazil, as an example. For real, I'm not kidding. I haven't looked it up, but I bet you that's true. Look it up. I know it's got a higher GDP than Egypt, because I looked that up one time. I know it's got a higher GDP than uh, Sweden and about five of the other countries that were talking about natural gas crap a few years ago, because I looked that one up, and that was going to be the end of the world, and they were going to take over. But they're tiny butt little countries. And so when you put them all together, they don't have the muscle to take down the dollar. They just don't. Uh, mathematically, it's arithmetic. You know, you can't, they just don't have it. Now, what they are going to do, if they all do put it together, it's not a de-dollarization. It's not doing away with the dollar. They've created their own currency. They're still going to have to trade with the 800-pound gorilla, which be us. Okay? And you're going to have to trade with us in dollars. So you're going to, whatever little currency you create over there in your little fantasy world that you live in, you're still going to have to trade it for dollars. So it's not going to take down the dollar is not going to be worth anything, and I don't know how to invest because it's going to collapse because freaking Brazil. Brazil? Seriously? Brazil? I mean, when you look at the math, it's humorous. I mean, and Russia, we always think of as like, you know, in the Rocky movies or something. Like oh, yeah. they're going to come bomb the United States or whatever and all this stuff. But they're, when you look at their, even though it's a huge landmass, their economic production is pitiful. It's pitiful. Because communism sucks, and so it just doesn't create a lot of gross domestic product. But, you know, and, and so really, when you get into it, that's what you're going to find. So I'm, am I worried about this? Absolutely not. Absolutely zero. Should you because be Russia is pitiful. China has no labor force. Their labor force is aging out because they, they stopped having babies legally. 
you know, and so they have no young labor force coming on. So about t- several economists are predicting that their economy is really going to be in deep doo doo in 20 years because there's going to be nobody to work, nobody to do the work. And so all the stuff that they're, China's creating right now, they're not going to have anybody to do it. And, and so, so this is a lot of just fear mongering. It's, it's it gets clicks and views. And so the media lot, loves yeah, it gets to spend a lot this. of clicks. and views. But should you be concerned about how you're saving and investing? Nope. No, no. No, I wouldn't nope. change a thing. Nope, 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 nope. I wouldn't nope, bet nope. against America. Long term, well, it's and, a bad and it's, move. And it's not, it's not arrogance. It's math. It's not like I'm blinded by the flag or patriotism. That's not it. America does some stupid butt stuff sometimes. But, uh, but even when we do, we do it on scale. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. Oh, so no, no, no. Listen, I'm old and I'm getting tired. Uh, because when I first started, there was like a conspiracy theory that the world was, you've seen them all at this point, you know, there's a guy, here's one this, I was telling a friend of mine, a friend of mine was asking me about this the other day. And I said, my answer to him was, I read a book in 1982 called bankruptcy, 1984. It was predicting the end of the U S economy in 1984. It was written by an economist that was brilliant named Peter Grace. He was in charge of the grace commission in the Reagan administration. And uh, they were studying the increasing national debt and that the national debt was going to cause the Bankruptcy. economy to collapse, mm. which I think the national debt's stupid and out of control, okay? But this guy said it's going to hockey stick and the, the monetary policy is going to turn upside down. We've sucked all the cash out, used it for government stuff, and the economy's got no cash to operate on, and so it's going to collapse in 1984. Apparently wrong. And then another friend of mine wrote a book called Coming Economic Earthquake. Didn't happen. And then another guy wrote a book called About the Collapse of the Economy. And then another guy wrote a book. Well, then we had Y2K. There's a lot. Oh, the Y2K was going to collapse the economy. And then there was, then when the planes hit the towers, the economy was not going to recover because um, 3,000 people died and two towers fell in New York City. So the entire U.S. economy was going to collapse as a result of that. And uh, that went around for a while. And, um, and then Silicon Valley Bank, the economy's oh, yeah, in a collapse. That tiny little bank over in San Francisco that no one knew what it was except venture capitalists has the power to bring down the entire U.S. economy. It's just asinine. At some point, it's like, okay, I, I, George, if I ever write the book on the end of the economy, would you please smack me? I'll do that. Okay. Just make sure you plan it till after your long after your death, so we can't blame you for it in person and go na 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 boo boo. No, you, you, wrong. you would anyway. <laughs> you would. There you go. I know he's dead, but he was stupid. You know, no that. one's going to say that about you, Dave. Yes, they will. They say it while I'm alive, so probably not. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the popular YouTube channel, George Camel, Camel with a K. Check it out. He is the king of snark. You will love it. And he and Rachel Cruz do a, uh, a wonderful afternoon show called Smart Money Happy Hour. Ding! Yeah, they might have a drink on the show. So you need to check them out, and uh, they get rather funny after they drink. So check them out. <laughs> Sharon Ramsey loves it, and that's the only review you need, America. That's it. That's all you need to know. It tells you everything you need. Sharon listens to it, and she doesn't listen to this show, so wow. we know that that's there. So There's some hurt feelings to my I, left. I think there's bitterness here, but it could be 
Now, after 30 years, she's not impressed anymore. 30 years of being on the air and 40 years of marriage, she's not impressed at all. <laughs> Takes now, a lot so. to impress Sharon. Yeah. We've managed yeah. to do it. Yeah, just yeah, there you go. So check it out. Smart Money Happy Hour. Hey, this is a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. What is that? That is where we talk to real millionaires. If you're a real millionaire, call in. Let me help you with what a millionaire is, because some people don't know, including a congressman I heard speaking the other day who was an idiot. So a millionaire is not someone that makes a million dollars an hour. A year, Mr. Congressman, Mrs. Congressman, you were wrong. Uh, a millionaire is someone who has a million-dollar net worth that is different than your income. Your net worth is what you own minus what you owe. Assets minus liabilities equals net worth. When that is greater than $1 million, and what you own minus what you owe is greater than $1 million, you are officially, by accounting definitions, a millionaire. Well, I don't feel like it. it's not a feeling. No one should have that much. It's not a moral construct. It's not enough. It's not a question of how much you need for retirement. It's a math thing. When you have a million-dollar net worth, you're a millionaire. That's all it is. It's not, you know, we can answer and have those other discussions if you want to have them. Moral construct, is it enough, and all that kind of stuff. But it is a million-dollar net worth. So if you actually have a $1 million or greater net worth, we want to talk to you and find out how you got it. Because there's a lot of mythology floating around about wealthy people in America today. Uh, let me say it another way. There's a lot of stupid lies that are told about uh, wealthy people in America. They just by the uninformed, ignorant, and people with an agenda trying to get you to vote the wrong way. And so there you go. Check us out. If you're a millionaire, George and I want to talk to you. We want to learn how you did it. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. Sarah is in Cincinnati. Sarah, what's your net worth? Good afternoon, sir. Very much an honor to speak with you, longtime listener. My net worth is $1.9 million. Very cool. Good for you. Give me a little breakdown on that. What is that in, what's the categories that make up the $1.9 Okay, I have six buckets plus a retiree medical account. My house, fully paid for house, $425,000. My bank uh, checking and savings is currently at, at the $250,000. I've got that amount in there. Um, I know I'm at the FDIC limit. I have a Roth IRA at $232,371. Taxable brokerage, $268,26. An uh, an OPERS 403B retirement at 501 and a deferred comp that's also with my public employment at 190862 and then my retiree medical count is at 85000 I just checked all my numbers Sunday, and that brings me to $1,945,000. Check it again. It's probably over two now. Way to go! <laughs> Way you. to go. How old are you? I am 54 years old. Cool. And how much of this $1.9 million did you inherit? Um, I actually inherited after I hit my million-dollar mark in 2017. After an uncle I was caring for passed away, I inherited $213,000 a gift from him. Awesome. That's very nice. But to be clear, you were already a millionaire. Yes, sir. So yes, you did I not become a millionaire million. with mm -hmm. inherited money. Correct, sir. I, I yeah. just want to make sure everybody hears that loud and clear because that's one of the numbers we hear about all the time. Way to go! All right, so what do you do for Thank a living? You. I am a registered nurse uh, public in public health. I recently acquired my master's degree in May of 21. Okay, what was your GPA? Uh, probably about a 3.4. Good for you. Okay. And your best, your best working year, what did you make, and your worst working year since you've been working? What's well, your lowest income okay. and highest? 
Yes. Uh, last year, because of mandated overtime, I was at 117000 mm-hmm. Uh When I first started working as a nurse in 1991, my pay was 1350 an hour. Prior to that, I worked as an aide, a nurse aide, at 550 an hour. Wow. So 1350 an hour would be like 16000 a year. Correct. Yep. And now I'm at 46 an hour. Woo-wee. And you, so most of this time, you've not even made 100000 Correct. Oh, definitely. Definitely not. But in 2020, 21, and 22, I just cleared 100000 because of mandated overtime. But prior to that, I was around 90000 a year. But really, over the last 20 years, my average is probably about $60,000 because when I started in public health, I was only $22 an hour. Wow. You are like the poster child for our, our National Millionaire Study. Where Thank you. We found yes, a lot I of them. They book. didn't make six figures. And inheritance didn't cause them to become a millionaire. And you just consistently invested over a long period of time? Yes. Yes. I started the Roth. I wish I would have started in my 20s, but I started the Roth about 30 and then also put back in the taxable brokerage. And then when I started with public employment, they uh, match at 10%. So they take 10% of mine and match it at 10 so three 26-year-old nurses are standing around the coffee pot, and you walk up, and they're saying, no way a nurse can ever be a millionaire. What do you tell those three? Oh, I encourage this all the time. In fact, I refer them to your information, but I talk to them all the time about putting back at least in a Roth, to start in a Roth, because I do know a lot of the healthcare systems don't have very good programs necessarily. Public employment's a little different, but... I encourage them to start a Roth IRA and, and max it out. That's but basically what I have you're, done. you're telling them they can do it. Oh, yes. Yes. I've I mean, even disclosed, um, you know, that I have built wealth that way and they can do it too, that my house is paid for. They usually encourage to hear that. Sarah, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're an absolute amazing lady. Congratulations. 54 years old, 1.9 million average income through her working life of 60,000. Only in the last two years did she even break six figures. And she's got a $1.9 million net worth. Oh, to be fair, 200000 of the one point nine was inherited after she was already a millionaire. 79% of America's millionaires by the largest study of millionaires ever done. And you can get that in the millionaires, uh, the Baby Steps Millionaires book. The study is in the back of the book, the entire white paper on it. You can unpack the details for you that nerds if you're having trouble sleeping. Um, put me right to sleep. I know that. It's my study. So... Uh, 79% inherited precisely zero. 5% inherited a small amount like $5,000, not enough to make them millionaires. Another 5% inherited money after substantial money like her, after they were already millionaires. 5 and 5 and 79 would be called 89. That's 9 out of 10 of America's millionaires are not millionaires, according to Stone Cold data, because of inheritance. So when someone tells you the only way you're going to be wealthy is have a rich uncle, they're full of crap. It's simply not true. Don't let the lefties tell you this stuff. That's not true. It's a Baby Steps Millionaire's theme hour. Hey, good folks, Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. 
George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. This is a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour. If you're a real millionaire with a net worth of greater than a million dollars, what you own minus what you owe, we want to talk to you. I don't want your broke brother-in-law's opinion. I want real millionaires as to how they really did it. 888-825-5225. Let's do a little mental exercise. Look ahead 90 days from now. It's July. You have $1,000 in the bank. You paid off two of your credit cards, and you check out at the grocery without having a panic attack. You know how that would feel? Peaceful. Financially peaceful. Financial peace. Some of you have never had that in your entire life, but today is the day that you can look, take, take back control of your money. It starts in Financial Peace University. It's our nine-week course that's helped millions of people beat debt, build wealth, and become outrageously generous. We're going to teach you everything about how to handle money step by step, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. The average student going through Financial Peace University has an $8,000 turnaround in 90 days. $5,300 in debt reduction, $2,700 in savings. That's the average total of $8,000. Not a bad return on your time. If I could give you $8,000 in three months, would you take a talk about it? We should talk about it. That means before summer break is over, you're going to feel different. Go to Financial Peace University today at RamseySolutions.com slash FPU and get signed up. You'll be amazed at how inexpensive it is. Get plugged into a group where people love you, encourage you, and hold you accountable, and that'll ensure that this works. Financial Peace University, RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. David is in Milwaukee. Hi, David. What is your net worth? Hey, Dave George. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my net worth as of last night is $1,065,000. Look at you. I like it. <laughs> Very good. And uh, give me a little breakdown by category. How's that made up? Uh, so cash is around 90000 uh, retirement accounts with 401k and, and Roth IRAs around 190. Uh, brokerage accounts uh, with 50,000, and real estate's the big one here at 735,000. Very cool. Good for you. How old are you? I'm 32. My wife is 30. Good Whoa. deal. And how much of this 1.1 million did you inherit? Zero. Nothing. All right, zero <laughs> precisely. Okay, so you've been working 10 years or so. What was your best working year, household income, and worst year? Uh, when my wife and I were both working together, we were probably probably in the 220 range, I would say, mm-hmm. um, at her best year. Uh, since then, she's she's uh, become a stay-at-home mom. She's been working at home, and we're probably around the 200 mark now, I would That's say. That's your worst year ever is 200? Uh. Uh, mate, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, one about, about one twenty, one twenty on the low end. Okay, cool. What do y'all do for a living? What do you do? Uh, I'm an electrical engineer. Okay, very good. All right. And uh, what was your GPA? Uh, bachelor's was I think around three point eight, three point nine. Master's like three point five ish. I want to say. Okay, good for you. Well done. Well done. So uh, you think this can be done today? If you got somebody out there listening that's an engineer just coming out of school at 22, 23 years old, can they still become a millionaire in 10 years? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think as long as you have, as long as you have a vision of what you're trying to accomplish and you can, you can lay a goal in front of yourself and uh, you know, put together some simple steps and then just have discipline and on you know, repeating those steps month after month, year after year, I think it's an inevitable fact, honestly. 
So I'm curious, David, because you're you're so young, and people like to you know poo poo on folks that are young who have built wealth because they just don't think it's possible for them. So what would you tell that person? Did it, was it the paid for house? What, how intentional were you over these ten years to do this, or did you just look up one day and go, "Oh my gosh, here we are"? No, we we were extremely intentional. I mean, this started off in 2015 when I when I got out of got out of school. I mean, in 2015, I had a net worth of of negative fifty thousand. And, um, the, the, the first thing was jumping into, into FPU, um, jumped into FPU, paid off those student loans in the first, in the first 12 months of, of my career. And, um, we started saving for our first house and paid cash for our first house right out of the gate. It was a, a duplex. Um, two years later, we paid cash for another rental property. And, uh, now we've moved into a, a third place as well. So we've been really just, just slow and steady. Like Dave always says, you know, the slow and steady wins the race. Wow. The old get rich slow plan works. And here you are at 32. It didn't take you 30 years. Well, sometimes I hear all rich people are crooks. How much of this did you steal? As far as I know, zero. (laughs) 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 Unless my CPA messed up or something, but uh, zero as far as I know. (laughs) Well, I just had to ask. I want to make sure we get all all the facts out here. Hey, man, I'm proud of you. Way to go. Congratulations. Very, very well done. Jason in Lexington, what is your net worth? Hey, Dave, it is $1.3 million. Good for you. Give me a little breakdown by category. Yeah, it's about a third of it is in our personal property. A third of it is in um, retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, and a third of it is in investment property. Okay, so real estate. All right. And so yes, good. Sir. Very good. How old are you? I'm 49 years old, and my wife is 47. Excellent. Excellent. How much of this did you inherit? Not a darn penny, unfortunately. <laughs> What do you do for a living? I am in technology sales, so I actually worked for one of those big, large tech companies that had all the layoffs. And coincidentally enough, um, my commission check hit, I'm in sales, while I was laid off. So technically, we became millionaires while I was unemployed. (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it every time. What's your degree in? It is in computer science. I was a developer for many years. Started listening to you back in 2007. Started looking for an opportunity to, you know, get a bigger shovel. So I moved over into sales. Ah, that's interesting. And what was your GPA in computer science? Oh, it was about a 3.2. Okay. And what was your all's best working year since you've been working? Household income and worst working year, or range. So, so th- this year will be our best year. It'll be somewhere around 700,000. It's a bit of an outlier. You know how sales go. Worst year, I'd have to go all the way back to when I was in the Army to have my absolute worst year. But let's just go in the last 10 years, about 180000 Okay. All right. So 700000 and you got laid off. <laughs> exactly. The best year I've ever had. It's like laid me off every year. Hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. I wonder what the correlation to that is. We don't want to pay this guy 700000 We're going to lay him off. Okay, but but they had to pay. They had to pay the commission that was on the books, right? They did pay what was on the books. So I guess if there's an ethical way to fire people, they did it. Wow! Call it a severance check. And next year they just won't have all those sales. Exactly. But I've already landed a new place. It's a better place, you know. And the nice thing is, when I got the email, and yes, I was fired over an email. Um, I just looked at my wife that morning. I was like, well, I guess I'm taking some vacation. That's what you can do when you got financial peace. Amen. When you're 49 years old and you're worth 1.3 million and you don't have any debt. Way to go, man. Way to go. 
So uh, tell the young techies out there, can this still be done, or is all the opportunity in America gone? It absolutely can be done, and you know, doing it the right way, doing it slow growth is always less painful, is always better. You know, in the last 16 years, we've had lots of different economies. We've had certainly different types of presidents, and it's never affected me one bit. Keeping my head down, concentrating on what my wife and I can control within our sphere of uh, influence and uh, what we can affect has always been the right approach. In the last uh, 25 years, which will put you down to 25 years old, what's the dumbest thing you did with money? Oh, you know, when we were really young, when I was stationed in Germany, we bought a brand new car, a 1994 uh, Dodge Avenger. We put $300 down on it, went home and freaked out, went back the next day and canceled it. We did not get our $300 back. So out of all the things you can do stupid with money, $300 will take it. It was a well lesson learned. Yeah. Wow. I didn't have to, and just took the car. That That's amazing. Yeah. Sweet car. I'm glad you didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Are you a reader or a TV person? Oh, I read. I try to read two books a month. Ah, okay. High correlation between people who build wealth. They read books instead of watching. Wait, Tiger. you're saying Love is Blind Season 4 will not help me build wealth? And I'm pretty sure neither will Tiger King. Dang it. But it could be wrong. strategy. Could be wrong. I'm just helping you people out here with your inputs. Inputs matter. Wow. Way to go, man. Good job, Jason. This is a Baby Steps Millionaire theme hour. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey Trusted Agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey Trusted Agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. This is a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour where we're talking to real millionaires about how they really got there, not your broke brother-in-law's opinion, not somebody trolling on the Internet. These are actual humans that have actually done it, which is really probably a pretty good source of information. James is with us in Miami. Hi, James. How much is your net worth? I'm sitting just shy of 1.1. I'm at 1075000 Perfect. Give me a little breakdown by category. All right. Well, about four hundred and fifty thousand is home equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, two hundred and fifty-five thousand is in my TSP. Mm-hmm. I've got two hundred and fifty thousand throughout uh, Roth IRA, mutual funds, a couple single stocks, and HSA. Mm-hmm. About eighty thousand in cash and forty thousand in paid-off vehicles. Good for you. Cool. How old are you? I am twenty-eight. Twenty-eight-year-old millionaire. Look at you, man. Way to go. How much of this did you inherit? Zero. Zero. And what's your best working year and your worst working year income-wise? Uh, the worst working year was back in 2015 when I started entering the workforce. I made about 50000 that year. Okay. And my best working year was last year, made about 250000 Cool. What do you do for a living? I'm an air traffic controller. Ah, okay. So what, was that a lot of overtime or what? Yeah, it was mostly overtime. The whole pandemic, uh, we just started going crazy with the overtime. I jumped up my salary by about 30000 one year in 2021 by just taking a bunch of OT. 
And then in 2022, same thing, just a lot of overtime. Very cool. Very cool. What's your degree in? Uh, I actually don't have a degree. Okay, cool. Uh, Votech or anything? For, I went to college for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, about It was a four-year program, and about a year and a half into it, the government changed uh, their minds, which they always do, about how to hire people. So you don't need a degree for that field anymore. Wow. Okay. And your GPA in high school then was what? Uh, high school, I was pretty good student, uh, probably about a three, five and about the same in college for okay. those two and a half years. Good for you. So what do you attribute the fact that you're a millionaire to 28 at 28 years old? What, what, how did that happen? What do you call that? I think a lot of it is, I want to throw it back to my parents, how I was raised through that and how they instilled that work ethic in me. They both put in, you know, 60 plus hours a week. And my mom was a small business owner and just seeing her hustle and grind was really a big driving force towards it. But they didn't give you any money. They just gave you an example. Correct. And also I worked out to work in the business growing up. So I got to start earning my own money from a young age. Okay. So what were the specific steps you took over the last seven, eight years? Were you doing 15% retirement? Did you wait and get a bigger down payment? What were the tactical pieces of this? Oh, I kind of messed up uh, probably about two years into the job. Uh, I got a big pay raise when I started getting checked out and certified on positions. I took that pay raise and I got a brand new car. Ah. (laughs) So that was one mistake there. But after that, I learned and I started investing all the other pay raises after that. So you just lived on less than you made after that and went, I'm going to sock this money away in retirement and pay down the house and I'll get to millionaire status. Was it intentional to get there? Yes, it was very intentional. I always had the goal I wanted to be a millionaire by age 30. And you did it. And suddenly a couple couple years ago, I saw the end in sight and was able to see a million dollar coming up on it. Yeah. Wow. Way to go, Rob. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, I'm sorry, James. Excellent work. Very well done. Good, good, good job. Rob is in Atlanta. Rob, what's your net worth? Hi, my net worth is right about $4.2, $4.3 million. Very cool. Give me a little breakdown by category. Yeah, I've got two million in a four hundred one k, one point three about in uh, just uh, mutual funds and things like that. About eight hundred thousand dollars in the house, and the rest in just cash and a few other things. Good, good, very cool. How old are you? I just turned fifty eight. Good for you. And uh, how much of this uh, four point two million did you inherit? Uh basically zero we just got uh, uh my mother-in-law passed away this uh last year so we got ninety thousand just in the last year but you were already multi-millionaires exactly yeah. yeah so what's your best working year income and your worst working year income uh probably my worst was in graduate school probably eight thousand dollars a year and my best will probably be this year um i think my wife and i will probably make about three hundred thousand together good for you what do y'all do for a living I uh, work in research and development in a big uh, consumer products company. Okay. Cool. What's your degree in? I have a master's in chemical engineering. Okay. Something you're using in R&D every day. Yeah, good for you. Okay. Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. I'm in management now. So. Yeah. But, I mean, you know the, you know the formulas. What's the, uh, what yeah. was your GPA? Uh, 3.2 undergrad and 3.9 graduate. Yeah. Way to go. Cool. 
So I, I think this is an underhand pitch since you're a uh, master's degree chemical engineer, but are you a book reader or TV watcher? <laughs> I'm a, uh, I, I'd say I'm an information gatherer. I, I don't read a ton of books, to be honest, but I gather information from all over the place. Yeah. I, I read. Yeah, you your, know, your field is somewhat like the medical field, so you're reading articles all the time. All the time. And just personal stuff, you know, car repair. I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Uh, anything where I can use my hands and learn how to do something I enjoy. Yeah. But didn't see every uh, particular episode of Downton Abbey. And uh, no, no, I don't do much of that. <laughs> well, now he's got time to watch it. He's got millions. Now you can catch yeah. up. Uh, that's what we aspire to, right? I uh, love yeah. it, brother. Well that done. Impressive. So your advice to the uh, 28-year-old version of you? Yeah, well, I, I think like everybody else, it's, you know, spend spend less than you make. Um, it makes things a lot more comfortable. Another one that, that I haven't heard too much is I, I really don't like to pay somebody else to do something I can do. So I'm willing to work pretty hard to, you know, do things that um, other people might just pay somebody to do. And I, I really don't do much of that. You know, something I get, uh, people sometimes criticize me on not asking, and I, I think it's a valid criticism. Uh, do you or your wife smoke? No, no, no. You know, we start asking that because I think there's a high probability they don't. Because it, 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 A, it's obviously a medical issue. B, it costs a lot. Mm. And uh, yeah. I, I'll bet you we find a correlation. I've never asked it before. Yeah, it's an but, expensive uh, habit. I, you know, because it just costs a lot. And you, yeah. you go through a couple packs a day, it's a big deal. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so interesting. Very interesting. Hey, man, very cool. I'm proud of you. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you calling in. It's a Baby Steps Millionaire's Theme Hour. Now, the mythology, if you listen to the Internet trolls, the Reddit fools, the uh, Tic Tac people, whatever they are, uh, or your broke brother-in-law who votes the wrong way, they're going to tell you that wealthy people all inherited their wealth. We've already told you 89% did not become millionaires, stone-cold research, because of inherited wealth. We can prove it to you. You disagree with that. You're what's known as wrong. This is data, okay? The law of gravity is data. It works every time. It's called facts. The, uh, the vast majority of wealthy people are crooks, George. Have you heard oh, that I've one? I've heard that one. we got to be evil to make money, Dave. Which is very interesting because if you own a uh, restaurant and you rip people off, people don't come back. And you they tell people business. to stay away. If you own a car repair place and you rip people off, they don't come back and they tell people to stay away. I'm confused how the crooks prosper over the long haul. Now, they might prosper that week. But it's very difficult to become wealthy. It's easier to become wealthy with actual high integrity mm. because they, as your customers will come back, you know, whether you're because uh, yeah, you can't keep your job if you lie and steal and it's all that. And oh, they're all famous entertainers. They're uh, NFL athletes. They're, uh, you know, they're country music stars. They're rock stars. I didn't get a single call from them today. Yeah. They're have, just have engineers. Talk to, have a talk to one of those. Salespeople. Yeah, the, truth, the truth is that data tells us that it's less than 2% of millionaires are celebrity types uh, almost none of them are celebrity types and uh celebrity types have a horrible reputation of handling money well mm. by the way as a general rule some some do a good job but but the reputation is bad to say the least this is a baby steps millionaires theme hour Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths 
for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. George Lucas says you simply have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Put blinders on and plow right ahead. This is a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. We're talking to real millionaires. If you want to know more on this subject, the book, number one bestseller, this is my eighth number one bestseller, is called Baby Steps Millionaires. And it came out about uh, 14 months ago. And it's stories of real millionaires that really did this stuff. And it's uh, data from the actual millionaire study. The study is published as an appendix in the back. And we go through uh, exactly how people walk this process out and exactly how over 30 years I've observed them doing it. And we defeat all of the lies that the hope stealers put out. And the hope stealers are out there. They were trained by Karl Marx in the college classroom. And um, it's just not true that you're stuck or that America is so broken that you can't win. Yes, there's lots of problems. Yes, there's lots of obstacles. If being successful was easy, no one would care about being successful. Everyone would get a participation trophy, and we'd call it a day, and we'd call it communism. But there's a real way that real people get up, leave the cave, kill something, and drag it home, and they become real millionaires. And no, they did not inherit their money, and no, they're not crooks, and no, they're not rich people. And oh, by the way, if you're so stupid that you think a house, George was telling me this at the break, that a paid-for house does not count in your net worth, then you don't understand basic accounting, okay? And they don't teach that on TikTok, all right? Basic accounting, if you take Accounting 101, they're going to teach you what a net worth is, a balance sheet, and a balance sheet net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. It's very simple and very clean and your assets are anything. Cars count. You have $100,000 in cars. That counts towards your net worth. Now, I hope to God it's not much of your net worth, but it counts as part of your net worth. You know, if, if you own whatever, it just, it, you know, there's a, if you want to say someone's a cash millionaire or a liquid millionaire, that's a different definition. That would be a million dollars cash or liquid assets, uh, uh, mutual funds that you could get out, uh, uh, not in a retirement account, but your retirement accounts, your hard assets, even valuable personal items, okay? If you had a bunch of collectible art, that counts in your net worth. Uh, I don't recommend it, but uh, in terms of a high percentage of your net worth, but it counts. And if you don't think so, you're what's known as wrong, so really, you have to start dealing with facts here. And well, it doesn't count. Why, why do you want? Why do you want it to be impossible? Well, you whiners. Why, why do they want them. it to be impossible? Someone hurt them, and they just can't get over it. Maybe it was a breakup. Maybe it was some childhood <laughs> trauma. I don't know. But they're in the YouTube comments, Dave, and I got to deal with them. Someone's got to set well, them straight. Well, because you actually look at the YouTube comments. That's the difference. Well, I just I can't help see idiots just get to be free. Oh, you have to deal with them. The problem is, I think it was a Mark Twain quote. If you start a fight with an idiot, they'll drag you down, and onlookers can't tell the difference. Don't argue with a pig. Don't don't get in the mud with a pig, because nobody can tell which is which. That's the thing. Our goal here, we want to prove to you that you can win. It's that simple. And it's not not Pollyanna. Pollyanna, It's not not fake. 
Um, and it, you know, if it goes against their, your little victim mentality, well, good. That's what we're trying to do is break your little victim mentality. Amy's in Dallas. What's your net worth, Amy? $2.2 million. $2.2 million. Way to go. Give me a little breakdown on that. You're breaking up on us, You're Amy. breaking up. We need a new phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maybe I'll send some of it on that. Um, Got a deal on the $1 phone. Million, $1 million in retirement, which is 401k and Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. 400K, I'm guessing, on the house. Mm-hmm. 700K in, uh, in brokerage accounts and company stock. And then 100K in cash. And I do apologize, Dave. I did not incorporate things with wheels and motors. That's okay. Because they go down in value. That's okay. Um, I also don't it's not the other word. I'm not yelling at you for that. I'm yelling at people who say that George's house and his million-dollar net worth doesn't count. Because he's got about a $700,000 paid-for house, and he's 32 years old. So, of course, it counts. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's just dumb. So, anyway. All right. So, how old are you? I'm 34, and my husband will be 33 this year. Excellent. Excellent. How much of this did you inherit? Um, I think about 50 K my husband did when his grandfather passed away, but that was well after we were already millionaires. Okay. We rest our case. All right, cool. And what do you guys do for a living? Um, we met in college and we were both studying electrical engineering. He won the lottery. I was the only female in class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We double dipped on the electrical engineering. What was your uh, GPA? Uh, mine was 3.3. His was 3.1. Very cool. What do you tell people if they want to be a millionaire by 34 years old? Um, honestly, God's money that you are entrusted to manage. And the biggest thing in your Bible verse today was perfect. Be okay with delayed gratification. Yeah. Understand the path, and it's okay that you're not going to have the flashy cars right now because you're going to have it later. Live like no mm-hmm. one else so later you can live and give like no one else. Mm, yes, sir. Yeah, and the Bible verse, another one is, uh, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it yields a harvest of righteousness. Amy, you're amazing. Congratulations. So, George, we had a 1.9, a 1.1, a 1.3, a 1.1, a 4.2, and a $2.2 million net worth today. 54 years old, 32, 49, 28, 54, or 58 and 34 years old. It's all None over, over 60 and one under 30, and two in their 30s. There's a young crowd today. Uh, average GPA, 3.4, 3.8, 3.2, 3.5, 3.2, 3.3. They always think the other one of the other mythologies is you have to be unusually brilliant to be wealthy. And uh, you can't be unusually dumb. The 1.6 doesn't show up. Okay, If you played beer pong in college, you're probably not going to show up here uh, if that was your graduate degree is in beer pong. Um but the uh, most of the time, the average millionaire's net worth is a little over three. Mine was a little under three. Mm. To 2.97, to be precise, and I'm very bitter about that three one-hundredths of a point. could just bump it, round it up. Three one-hundredths of a point, and I missed it. Yeah, there you go. But uh, So I graduated. Thank you, Lodi. You know, that's what that means. So there you go. But anyway, but yeah, that's the average millionaire is right around that three mark. Uh, very few of them are uh, certified geniuses, but very few of them are dumb. They they have and a lot of them are engineers. Number one, uh, number one category of yeah. careers, by the way, is engineers. Number two is accountant. Number three is teacher. Number four is business. Number five is attorney. Number six is medical. So medical didn't even make doctors didn't even make the top five. Wow. So and we had them all here today. We had engineers, tech sales, air traffic controller, R and D, nurse. See there, you see, yeah. 
It's represented. Uh, engine, lots of engineers, chemical engineer, electrical engineer, electrical engineer. Uh, the, the first call, 54-year-old nurse, single, had been in public nursing her whole life. Never mm-hmm. made over 100000 until last year, year before last, yeah. So uh, one-third of millionaires never make over 100000 in their life. One-third of them in a study. Wow. So why do we do all this? Because we want to tell you you can do it. It's possible. And the mix is interesting, too. There's nothing real sexy in this mix. It's just I paid down my house, got it paid for. I put money in my 401k. I've got a brokerage account with some mutual funds in it, and I've got cash. There was not an Elon Musk or Bill Gates on the list. I was waiting for something crazy, but there wasn't much in there. kind of boring, but it just works. What's not boring is having financial peace and retiring when you want to. Amen. Amen. There we go. So, hey, this is how this stuff works, boys and girls. It's slow and steady wins the race, and we invite you to join the race. Congratulations, America. Check out Baby Steps Millionaires. Check out Financial Peace University. We'll get you going. It's what we do here. Good show, George. Good times. Thank well you. done. Well done. That puts us hour in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. If you're a leader, your personal growth matters for your organization because whatever you lead can only grow as much as you do. I know from experience. I've been CEO of Ramsey Solutions for over 30 years, and now I'm sharing that leadership and business coaching experience with you on the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm taking your calls and helping you figure out how to overcome challenges within your organization. One episode could change your business. Check it out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or on the Ramsey Network app.